This is Glistening Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories for people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. Hey, are you enjoying the light of all these glistening particles and want more? I've set up a Patreon page where you can subscribe for as little as $2 a month and get even more unique and new content. You'll find things like the bi-weekly pie series, which is super new, chat forum, live hangout sessions, even co-hosting opportunities, and more. There are so many rewards. Check it out at patreon.com slash glistening particles. Literally every subscription helps. Thank you for supporting my passion and allowing these stories to be shared far and wide. Hey, listeners, back in episode 87, you probably had a chance to hear Hannah, the acro yoga teacher, and she has a website, uh, an Instagram, I should say, called Gypsy On and has a ton of followers out there. And um, she and I really connected on that episode and it made sense for us to get together again. So we did. And we decided to have some fun and have her followers submit questions for us to talk about. So that's what we're going to do today. Sit back and relax. Here we go. Hey, listeners, I'm back here with Hannah from Gypsy On. And you might have seen her episode a few episodes ago. We had a huge amount of attention and interest in what she had to say about how she got to where she is with acro yoga. I think we had over 600 downloads, which is amazing to think that that story Got to that many people. I love that. So welcome back, Hannah. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you. Thanks, Jane. Glad to be here. And today we're doing something a little bit different. So we decided to take it to Hannah's followers and ask them what they'd like her to talk about, what questions they might like her to answer or just sort of, you know, send some wisdom to. So we're doing that, right? And like how many, so you sent out what, a story on Instagram? Yeah, uh-huh. I just did like one story post. And you got at least 10 questions. So the ones that were like kind of along the same lines are the ones I sent to you. So the ones that were similar. So I'm oh, not okay. exactly sure. I might have gotten 50 or, or so. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. I have to say, you yeah. have one of the most active um, audiences I've seen. You know what I mean? They're really engaged with you. And I have to believe that that's because you're so open and authentic with them. That must be really nice just having all those relationships, right? Yeah. I mean, I was so excited that they came up with such hard questions, such good, good, difficult questions. I said, wow, you guys are blowing my mind right now. I know. And it, it was kind of fun, wasn't it, to go through them? And we figured out a way to put them into like groupings. So we're going to try to go through two or three today. And then if we, you know, we'll, we'll go forward and do some more of this. But today we're going to tackle kind of three, not in any particular order, just what made sense to start with. Right? We're yeah. just going to go. All right. So the first question that we had from one of your followers, and uh, I'm going to paraphrase because they okay. actually, some of them wrote some really nice long paragraphs with about, you know, their background and that, but we'll paraphrase. So basically... Mm -hmm. How have trauma and experiences of darkness 
leveled you up as a soul? And how has this, how has doing that transmuted darkness? I think is what they're asking. Mm-hmm. Did I get that right? Uh, uh, yeah, I think okay. that's right for sure. Um, yeah, it's such a great question. And I understand how we can only get through like two or three today because these <sighs> questions are just like huge. There's infinite answers and everybody can speak differently of their experience. I feel like here. Um, and I actually just read something in my notes this morning. I was looking back at some older writings I like to do. And I was speaking on this exact same thing. And I was just saying the, the experiences that have, um, been the most difficult for me have definitely provided much more insight than all of my accomplishments or my proudest moments. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? So, I think I always yeah. say, like, I love to teach through my mistakes. And my hard times versus my wins. I know? loved that you said that yesterday. Yeah, you said that on a call yesterday, and I loved that. That's that's great. Um, I forget exactly how you said it yesterday, but it was it was <sighs> great. It's so hard to see. I think when we're kind of in the midst of the darkness, because mm-hmm. all we can see is the darkness. You mm-hmm. know, there is no light at the end of the tunnel when we're really stuck in it. In our, you know, I don't know if I can say shit on the podcast, oh, yeah, but really, can. when we're, we're stuck okay. in our shit. <laughs> And we so hard to think that it, we're ever going to be able to, you know, see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. But um, those triumphs just teach us so much. Well, and I think, do you find that there's so many different kinds of trauma when we talk about trauma? Like one of the things that that I've analyzed as I've become clearer about my life and wisdom or whatever is that the things that are most traumatic for in my life, in my life experience, have been, you know, just some... Um, it's probably mostly things in my head. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Whereas I know people who have experienced horrible traumas that, you know, right. where they're abused or they're oppressed or they're, you know, they've witnessed horrific things in their life. And I'm like, why am I calling this trauma? This is just my own head, you know? Right. And acknowledging our own suffering. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, it's not on a grading scale just because it's different. Right. You know, it's not saying, oh, you haven't suffered just because, you know, Maybe you have you have tortured yourself. We all have, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I think that's kind of, um, you know, there's there's things that happen to us and things that maybe we don't have control of. And then there's the things that we put ourselves through. Right? Right, right. And those are like big, different, different categories. Right. Um, and, and and acknowledging them both as as the suffering that they are. I know, um, and it's hard to go into example, like, for example, like, it sounds like you had a pretty lovely childhood with your, I mean, your parents were loving and caring and nurturing, as did yes. I, you know, so nice. Um, the, where I think I came into creating my own trauma were my own choices, you know, doing things mm-hmm. that weren't healthy for my body or for my mm-hmm. head, essentially, mm-hmm. you know, for my um, emotional well-being. And mm-hmm. those were the things that brought me through a lot of my hardest times that I had to overcome. Um, do you find, was that similar for you or is that kind of a similar experience? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Lucky enough to come from two, you know, really stable parents and, uh, seeing all the while that my friends weren't so lucky. You know, Mm -hmm. I had friends that had parents that were in and out of prison their whole life, you know, that only had one parent and, and that wasn't even a very stable one. Mm -hmm. And not really being able to understand that when you're so young, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're, you're kind of really in your early adolescence, not understanding 
how privileged you are. Right. <laughs> right. I, I thought older. those kids were kind of cool sometimes because we got to hang out in their house and go, you know, have parties because nobody was around. <laughs> so I'm yeah, like, I mean, she's that was so my lucky. Friends. Her mom's gone yeah. all the time. My mom's always home, you know. <laughs> exactly. And my parents were very liberal, so very mm-hmm. hands off to the point where I always wonder if I can be that hands off because at the same time, you know, it's your, it's your kids. You're like, Oh God, you know, you want to protect them. (laughs) So I don't know how they got over, you know, the worrying and and all those things. I have no idea how they let me, you know, just run amok when I was so young (laughs) and not, were just like worried out of their minds, you know? Yeah. I don't know how Um, they do that either. I know. Yeah. As a parent myself with my first one, I was exactly that. And with my second, I'm always worried. I was always worried with my first one. And with my second uh-huh. one, I'm like, ah, you just severed your limb. You'll be okay. Just go, you know, tough it out. <laughs> exactly. And I was the second. So I think that was also a lot of it. The first one, you know, and oh. my parents are pretty laid back. I think most people would say they're very laid back. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, you know, with the first one, you know, I can imagine they might have had some rules. But by the time I was, I was, you know, my sister's five years, my senior. So mm-hmm. anything that my sister could do, I was doing, you right. know, my sister would be so frustrated because she said, I had to wait till I was 18 to pierce my belly button. She's 13 and she's allowed, <laughs> you know, it was very yep. frustrating for her. Yeah. Um, I have the same thing here. Only it's about like what movies they get to see and Xbox games, you know? <laughs> yeah. Which is where you're just learning as a parent, I'm sure, you know, okay, some battles are worth fighting and some aren't, you know, right. let her put a hole in her belly button. It's just skin. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's not worth the fight. <laughs> so, so when you started traveling and going all around like different countries, uh, you know, countries that had a lot different culture than we have, did that change your perception of what, you know, trauma was or what was hard for yourself or hard for others? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't think anyone can go to a developing country and not not feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I think it's one of the best things to do, um, you know, while you're still young. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's the experience I feel like abroad can change incrementally as you age. So, you know, mm-hmm. I always say like, oh, maybe I'd like to do it again now that I'm in my 30s because mm-hmm. I know that it would be such a different experience. Right. Um, at the same time, I, I think it's great to just, you know, be out there when you're really young, too, and just say, oh, okay. This is this is real life. Right. <laughs> you know, all that stuff, you know, back home is is yeah, the frills. <laughs> right. I know. And that I think about that with my own kids. I never took them. Uh, actually, I haven't been to a developing country, so I don't even have that in my own um, list of experiences. But yeah, um, for them, I just think it, especially in, in the America today, where there is just so much everything for many is accessible. And, um, and for them to see the difference would just give them like, oh, they would be different people afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely think, um, you know, you have to want it. You have to really, really want to be out there and really mm-hmm. want to be doing it because otherwise I, I think that, um, you don't really, you just kind of close up and are, mm-hmm. are just kind of a little ball of tension and fear. You know, mm-hmm. some kids you can tell maybe their parents just send them out with a check and it's like, <laughs> go yeah. do this. Right. And they're just kind of like, ah, ah. <laughs> get me through <laughs> yeah. this to the other side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think definitely being open to the experience mm-hmm. and wanting to be there is important. So um, getting kind of diving into the question a little deeper, do you want to talk about specific, any specifics around 
trauma or experiences of darkness in your own life? Like, I don't know if you've talked about that in the past in your stories or your blog posts or anything. There's a, a big difference between, you know, the things that I, the situations that I got myself into mm-hmm. and the things that um, were out then kind of out of my control. Right. So, right. um, you know, a lot of what I think has kind of pulled me through that darkness is just accepting the things that I can't change. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and, um, and also, um, taking responsibility for my part in, in the role mm-hmm. of things. Um, so just not playing the victim card, you know, right. not, you know, when it's, when it's, you know, when I know that there's a lot of things in my past that I did and had c- complete control of, um, mm-hmm. at least to an extent. And right. then, you know, and then you put yourself in dangerous, dangerous situations and unfortunately bad things happen, Right, right. <laughs> you know, when you get to those places. So, yeah, you know, I think, um, in my own experience, but mm-hmm. I had my, I had my window of wildness in my little world. There were definitely situations I got myself into. I mean, I was assaulted on my high school graduation because I went out to drink with somebody I didn't know, you know, like that's a bad idea. Those kind of things first made me fearful then of people. Like it actually, you know, caused me to really pull back and not trust. And then even just recently, so even just recently, um, I had like, I just did an episode on trust actually that's going to be going up next week in the pie series on my show. And we talked a lot about because I now trust people immediately. I start mm-hmm. out on trust mm-hmm. and I treat them as though everything is good because mm-hmm. I think when I go into any connection with anybody, that that energy, even if they are up to some shenanigans, is going right. to actually make the shenanigans a lot less. You know what I mean? It's right. going to make their, they might, it might even shift them from going somewhere bad or negative and not always, but I think it has a higher probability if I go in with trust. I completely agree. Just recently I had a situation where I met someone just like, you know, out, out and about in town, in the city and Mm -hmm. um, had a conversation, you know, nothing like just, just conversation, shared my podcast card. And then afterwards, um, you know, realized that that was probably not some, based on what happened after that, I'm like, okay, I I need to, do I need to rethink my immediate trust? Because right. it was a shady situation. And then I'm like, wow. how, did I, how did I get myself into that? I'm just friendly. I'm friendly and right. honest and upbeat. And I like to share, you know, the show obviously with anybody. Um, right. But it turned out to be a shady situation and it's making wow. me rethink my trust, uh, where I, where I position myself with trust. And I don't mm. want to do that. I want to mm-hmm. be that person all the time. So have you ever had situations like that where you you go in all in like nice friendly and then you're like whoa five yeah. steps back? Absolutely, I think that's life. I think yeah. that's like a continuous pattern that we'll all experience throughout life. Trying, um, you know, opes remaining, trying to remain open mm-hmm. through all of these experiences that are trying their best to to close us up because mm-hmm. that's. Oh yeah, I completely agree. Um, with just trying to trying to stay open, even though you know, there's going to be a lot of people. And I agree with the energy to mm-hmm. the energy involved. It's the same thing. I was talking about it just in a story recently, mm-hmm. um, with going traveling and, and you don't want to go traveling with this like very fear, like, Oh no, what's that person going to do to me? I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to smile. I'm, you know, I, Oh, I'm scared. I'm scared of everyone because you're giving off that, that fearful energy and you're right. probably a lot more susceptible to being robbed or right. having, having something right. bad happen because people see you being skitterish and, 
and, and, and, and if you were enjoying and you weren't, you know, fear bound, that would be what you were exuding into the mm-hmm. world. And people would see that and say, Oh, you know, she doesn't, she's not worried about anything. <laughs> right. Know? So, you know, know, it's a tricky, um, it's I, a, it's a fine line, you know? Yeah. It is. I completely align with, um, you know, trying to stay, trying to stay open. And it's unfortunate because you're always going to have those incidences mm-hmm. where, um, yeah, where where life's going to want you to close, <laughs> right? <laughs> and right. people are going to try and make you make you more fear bound. And I think the other thing, and you suspect this is where you're at too. Um, the biggest thing I've found as I've moved through, you know, whatever trauma experiences I've had in my own life, is that I more often now step back as an observer of my life, you know, of the moment, of the event, of the situation, and just try to see. Like I used to carry a lot of self-blame for why I got myself in situations like that. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, you know, um, what I'm putting out is honest and good and kindness and light. And that's just part of the human experience. There's going to be times and not like try to put blame on myself and just really see it as a whole part of the human experience. Have you had, have you been able to um, look at things that way as well in your own? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think if anything, that was much more my role to blame mm-hmm. myself, mm-hmm. um, than it was to blame anybody else through mm-hmm. a lot of things. And it's, and again, it's good to take responsibility, but it's also good to know, you know, when it's not yours to take, when right. it's no longer your burden to right. carry. And, and also just release that, mm-hmm. release that story. You don't have to, you don't have to hold on to that story, <laughs> you know, and just different phases in our lives. We say, okay, you know what? I, I I'm, I'm good on that story. <laughs> I've played that role right. many times and I don't need to play it anymore. Would you have any so, advice to give some of your, like maybe your followers who are not quite into those experiences yet, but on the fringe and wondering like how to not have them, you know, what? how to, how to not get to the point. I mean, cause yes, they're good learning experiences, but maybe if we can learn without going through them, that would be awesome too. Mm. Oh, I don't know. I think it's really hard. I mean, I know that if anybody had told me, you know, Hey, don't, <laughs> don't do this, this, and this, right. you know, 15 years ago, I would have gone and done this, this, and that <laughs> immediately. <laughs> me too. So, exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, I think it's hard. I think, I think all you can really do for people is, is be, you know, be a good role model and, and be someone they can look up to and, you know, be the change you want to see and mm-hmm. be there for them. Mm-hmm. If you're a friend or a sister or a brother, mm-hmm. I know it's so hard for sisters and brothers, but like to be someone that they can come to and, and, and help them, That's <laughs> you know, true. just, yeah. just a listening ear. <laughs> yeah. And I also think that and for, for me, I think a lot of my behavior stemmed from self-esteem issues. And so I always felt like um, I put myself second, you know, in the situation. Mm-hmm. And I, so I think for anyone out there, if that's part of what you're dealing with is uh, caring for our own soul is our top priority. Yeah. Top. Absolutely. Because then yeah. we can do the best in the world. That's the top. If we break, if yeah. we let ourselves break, that's, we're not as effective. Exactly. And it all comes, I mean, this all circles back to self-love, mm-hmm. you know, where this, the, the forgiveness, the dark, you know, the darkness that we will inevitably have to walk through in one way or another mm-hmm. to see the light is just making us stronger 
and, and letting us know that, you know, we can love ourselves through all of this. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter, you know, what we've done, where we've been to, as long as we can look ourselves in the eyes and tell ourselves that we love ourselves, then we can begin to do better. Right. You know, I want to ask this, it's not one of the questions on the list, but it really popped in my head here is, so today, as I know you today, right, I've only known you for a little while and following your feed and all of that. I admire your self-care and self-value, the way that you care for yourself and how that uh, uh, emanates in all of your relationships. Has that always been, have you always been that, the person that has a lot of self-love and self-worth, or is that something you had to cultivate over time? Yeah, I mean, definitely, I think it comes with age, too, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. to be honest. Uh, I definitely... I've definitely had a lot of, um, uh, I don't know. I've been very, um, I don't know how to place this in relationships. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's definitely always been, you know, more about me, like it, more about me. It's like, um, when I was really young, it would have been, you know, more about me in mm-hmm. more of a selfish sense. Right. And, and now I think it probably would have, would be, you know, about me to a degree where I need a certain amount of, um, space and, um, and time to just, just do exactly what you said to care for myself. Mm-hmm. Where before it would have been probably a little bit more of a facade of, um, you know, I'm big and bad and tough and, uh-huh. and nobody can hurt me kind of thing right. that we do when we're yeah. young. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I remember those come, days. It's the, it's the armor that we wear when <laughs> right. we're young and kind of, you know, how we protect ourselves from hurt and not knowing really that we can show our vulnerability because we're scared once we do, right. then we, you know, will allow that hurt in. Right. So, um, just kind of learning to take that, that armor off and say, you know, it's okay to be hurt. It's okay to have vulnerabilities. It's okay to mm-hmm. to to show those to the world. <laughs> right. It's almost like yeah. shifting from um, protection to nurturing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Self nurturing. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I like growing again, growing up in a pretty safe and and lovely home. I think people have this assumption that you're all completely. You come out of something like that, totally whole and full of self confidence. Right. And, um, that's not always the way it is. So it's no. just, yeah. I don't think there's anything always how the way it is, actually. There's so many variables. I mean, I don't know that anybody can really come out fully whole through, you know, the human human life cycle. Right. <laughs> you know, like you're, you're from birth. Like, I just think that, I mean, from, you know, the time we're little children, we begin acquiring all of the all of the stuff that weighs us down. And then once we're old enough to start processing that, then we can learn to start releasing that stuff mm-hmm, again. But mm-hmm. regardless of whether you came from a, a good home or not, that stuff is there. Whether you, you know, you have got it out because you're a product of your environment mm-hmm. or, you know, and even though your parents are safe and stable and loving, there's still stuff in families that you'll always have. I mean, right. nobody ha- has a perfect family. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Nobody totally. can raise their hand to that. No. <laughs> the second part of this question was, how is darkness transmuted this way? So when you go through traumas, and I wasn't sure exactly what they meant from that, but I thought maybe she mm-hmm. was referring to something you maybe talked about earlier or mm-hmm. touched on earlier. Do you have a 
response to I was, to be honest, I was also a little slightly confused with the okay. second part of that question. <laughs> I can, okay. I can say something of what I think she means by okay. that. Okay. Um, and I think maybe she's just speaking to the fact that when we are in our own darkness, mm-hmm. um, and we come into contact with others, mm-hmm. it, it, it expands, right? Because right. we're putting all our energy into that darkness. And so now we're giving off darkness and other people are are accepting that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, that, that's, that always happens. You know, if you're going to find a, you're going to find more people that want to join you because right. I don't know, that's saying misery loves company or whatever it may right. be, or whatever you'll find energy, whatever what energy. you're looking yeah. for. If right. you're looking for darkness, you'll find more darkness. Right. So, so that's by, how I, okay. Yeah, so by going that. through what you went through and getting to the other side, it sort of moved that away. You know, I, I just read something, I think on Instagram probably in the last couple of days that mm-hmm. said that um, be aware and um, in charge of the energy you're carrying because it gets to, it, it, it actually goes in the room before you essentially. So like if I were going to yeah. get on this call with you, if I was in a, you know, frustrated mood or something, you would sense that before I even said a word. Yeah. Um, and what's been kind of fun is I like to use my family and my kids, especially as my own little like um, uh, scientific <laughs> lab, you know, <laughs> of testing yeah. out all my theories and things, uh, including food and weird uh, supplements, but anything, you know. <laughs> so uh, what I've been doing is so I have a 16 year old son at home and, you know, 16 year old uh, boys, they have good days and they have days where they're kind of crabby. You know, it's all part uh-huh. of being a teenager. And so. I'm trying to look at where I'm, uh, where I'm impacting that. So when I engage with him now, I'm trying to really clear my energy before I actually engage with him and yeah. be in like a really light space, like kind of yeah. you know, let go of anything else I'm carrying, let go of work, let go of whatever. And then even if the words that I say are the same either way, he's responding to them differently now because I'm coming in and it's kind of amazing. Wow. It's amazing. What a cool practice. I know. And think if everybody just said, Hey, I'm going to at least try for a day or I'm going to try with one person for a week. You know, and it's putting the intention there. You're putting intention behind your actions, which is, I mean, the whole purpose of everything life, right? Right. I mean, you know, I would hope that we would all have intention and intention isn't something that we can just say, oh, yeah, I, I did that with intention. No, we right. have to actually focus on it first. Right. We have to think about what intention we're bringing in. Yes. <laughs> so that takes time, right? And that right. takes that takes our, our focus and our energy. Um, and we're dialing all that in and, and moving it in one direction. So that's, you know, that's just moving through life with grace. That's that's amazing. So uh, why don't we go on to another question? You ready for it? question yeah, two of the totally. day. Okay. Yeah. All right. So this one is a little meatier in a different way. Um, the question is, uh, why, why do we feel so driven to fulfill society's idea about who we should be to fit in? Mm. Oh, I love that question. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, man, it has so many layers. It's like the onion. <laughs> yes, exactly. Especially as women. It's a, and it's a different answer almost for women. In a way, yeah, or a different mm-hmm. expectation, I guess I should say, but not really different. The answer should be the same, I guess. I think we'll all have such a different spin on that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, 
it definitely aligns to a little bit with that last question and just, um, you know, a, a lot of start, we start, we start learning this when we're so young, you know, we start mm-hmm. thinking about, especially in this country, um, just, you know, we're so driven by the externalities, what, what we need to have, what right. all the things, um, and keeping up. And that stuff is so ingrained in us from, from such a young age, mm-hmm. um, that, that those are, you know, you know, hundreds of years ago, we had like Kings and Queens and the Kings and Queens, you know, um, showed their wealth, you know, with, um, you know, robes and mm-hmm. all the nicest, you know, and this is just another day and age of that. We're, we're picking out who we are with the things we choose to buy with the mm-hmm. money that we, you know, choose to make or, or lack thereof, mm-hmm. you know, and then do the kind of, you know, anarchist role for at least a little while right. in adolescence probably. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's what I think of. And just a lot of the, um, a lot of conformity, you know, a lot of, well, what is, what is, what do my neighbors have? Oh, mm-hmm. oh, I want to have what they have. And, you know, oh, well, they, they got a new, you know, car and I want to have a new car now, you know, and those things, they weigh on us. Right. <laughs> they, they weigh on us so much. I was just thinking about this yesterday with Pablo and I and, and wondering, you know, um, cause we live very minimally mm-hmm. and, and just thinking about how, you know, I feel like this culture is always concerned with leveling up. We always want to make, it's never enough. We always want right. to make more. We always want to have more. We always need to buy the newest gadget. Mm-hmm. We always need to have the next thing. And the, the thing is you'll never have enough of what you don't need. Right. Um, so it's just this bottomless pit of, of things and, um, and I'm just really trying to go back to, um, being grateful for what mm-hmm. we have and, and knowing, and it's one of my biggest things where I just think, you know, we have enough, so why would we want more? And I think especially being in kind of the social media and the, and this, you know, and having a lot of, um, other accounts that, you know, just being on social media in general mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is a lot of comparison and a lot of, um, well, we could be doing this, this and that, right. you know, there's a lot of could be's and, right. and then we have to kind of return to us and think, well, is that something we want to be doing or is it something we feel like we should do? Right. <laughs> the old should. <laughs> I know that's the killer right there. <laughs> and it's, um, it's, it's, it's really hard to navigate, um, because you do want to do good for your family and, right. and have enough and pass something on those kinds of things. But at the same time, I really want to go through life and enjoy it and not let it slip by while I'm trying so hard to keep up with, you know, other people in social media or whatever the case may be. Do you feel in your, so you, you two do live very minimally and that's been your lifestyle for a while, not just like overnight. Is there, is there anything that you think, well, I really wish I had this thing or are you, you know, is it like, this really is good. I'm good. Um, yeah, I think Pablo and I's probably biggest, <laughs> biggest thing is that we don't necessarily want anything. You know, I, I'm more than him. He would be happy living in the van for the rest of his life down by the river. <laughs> <laughs> he does not fit, just, fit the image of what we like, call the guy living in the van down by the river, but go on. 
<laughs> he, I, I've actually never seen that skit. Our friends told us that it, totally have, to, have see that. to see that. I know I have to watch it, but everybody says that to us because we lived in the van and all that. So I, a little bit more than him, my biggest thing is, um, mostly just having what we need to, um, be able to, uh, be efficient, uh, mm-hmm. with our money and our time. So mm-hmm. mostly so that we can devote, you know, as much time as we can to teaching and, um, you know, hosting our retreats and hosting our workshops and also having Nalu with us. So mm-hmm. like the things that are practical to keep my family together. And so that we aren't, you know, just, you know, spending all our money just to, you know, making money just to spend it all on travel and transport and mm-hmm. these kinds of things. So that's mostly been, um, my biggest drive, at least the last few months is trying to figure out, well, how can I keep my whole family together while we still, you know, can reach our audience and go and travel and teach and, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and not, you know, spend all of our money, still try to figure out how to have savings so that maybe one day we can build our, you know, dream tiny home on a little piece right. of land somewhere. <laughs> right. And I, I yeah. really admire that you figured that out at your age because I didn't. So I, um, after I went through the wild days, I got super conformed and went to, you know, I did all the things that everybody does, that everybody says you should do. Like I went, and I'm not, I'm not regretting it because there's parts mm-hmm. of it I'm very happy about. Like I went to college, got a job, met a, met my um, then husband, my ex-husband. Um, we bought a house, got married, had kids, all those things. And um, man, raising kids was like my dream for sure. Ah, and that, that nice. was um, like the gold star of it all. But what right. happened was somewhere along the way in conforming to this is how we do it. We do daycare, right. we do commuting, we do this, right. we do that. I lost the context of what I really wanted in parenting, right. which was being with them. And mm-hmm. I spent most of the time being away from them, you know, and then um, getting all the things, you know, a bigger house right. and newer cars. And, and not that right. any of those things weren't fun to have. It was just right. like, there was this huge pressure then and um, the weight. And the weight of all of that. And I kind of wish I would have figured that out earlier. So um, now, you know, I think I'm still in the same house, but I've gotten rid of uh, many, many of the things in the house. It's like people come in, they're like, are you, are, are you moving? I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's great. I just like it. I like the air and the space. And um, I love that. Yeah. And so it's kind of funny. When, and it's not that like bacon, but it definitely right. is different from what it was. Um and I'm, I'm a different parent now. So even though my older son is 23 and my younger is 16, I'm completely different with them the last probably three years of really trying to instill in them the importance of um, time and space. Because yeah. time is yeah. really, that is the ultimate commodity that we all yep. want. And Can't so, buy time. Right. So you, the fact that um, having less debt, so you have to work less. Um, having yeah. like everything that I buy is something I have to take care of, yep. you know, everything yes. that I own, I have to take care of every debt that I have, I have to take care of. So um, I just think that there's such beauty in finding our own personal bliss level of things and really holding true to that. Because I remember there was a time where um, I, we, we uh, were between houses and we were renting a, a duplex for about four months. And mm-hmm. even further ahead, and our son was about, he was about a year old then, our older son. And we looked back on that and said, I think that was the happiest we were. Yeah. It was absolutely. the happiest we were. We had so much less stuff because everything was yeah. in storage. We didn't have this big house to take care of. And we didn't have like 
uh, the debt because we were, you know, in between houses. So we were kind of sitting sweet that way. And we just spent more time going for walks and bike rides and, you know, meandering and talking. And once you get into the rat race of it all, it's like all that goes away. So for people listening, um, if you're, because I'm sure a lot of your followers are in the, you know, younger and starting out, um, think long and hard before getting on that track because it takes a lot to undo. Exactly. And I think just what you were saying, it's so easy to just get brushed along. Mm -hmm. You just get brushed along with everyone else. So you Mm -hmm. don't know to stop and pause and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't know if they need to go to preschool or I don't know if I need to have, you know, this because we just get, we just get caught up and we don't actually, we're not actually, we're not actually making conscious choices. We're just kind of going with what everybody else does and what we feel like you know, we, you know, should do. And so it's really hard to, um, kind of like put on the brakes and say, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me question this for a minute. (laughs) And it's really (laughs) important to talk about about it with your partner, like know that before you get in and get married, even like know that. So, um, right. Know those, know where, know where you're going to lose if those, if you have to start compromising on some of those things, like I totally want to live by the sea. That's my, where I want to be. That's the next place. And, um, that would have been good to realize earlier on. I didn't know that myself. So I had to find <laughs> that. I had to figure that out eventually. Right. Right. So um right. how did do you find that um people in your circle are also living a lifestyle like you or do you have people in your circle who are kind of fulfilling society's idea and how do you how do you relate to that? Um, so yeah, our friends are definitely, um, I mean, they're spread out. Like, like a lot of our friends are in the acro community or the yoga mm-hmm. communities are, are spread out a lot cause we've lived kind of all over the country and, um, and most of our friends have met through the, the hobbies that we're involved in. Mm-hmm. So, um, they live more like us. Like we have friends that are living in vans and, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's kind of like also who we are surrounded by. Like we don't have a lot of friends that are um, married or have bought houses. I mean, sure, there are some here and there, but, Mm -hmm. um, the majority definitely don't are more like, you know, doing acro and traveling and teaching and, um, you know, traveling, teaching yoga instructors, all that. And I don't think the house and cars and all that stuff is necessarily bad if it's not creating a burden or, or taking away from time. Right. You know, right. Mm-hmm. So if people have yeah. enough uh, income resources to do that and can do it in a way that they can, they continue to have freedom because it's really about the freedom. Right. That's what it is. Right. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. And a lot of, a lot of, I think there's a big movement just, I mean, the van life thing, but also just yeah. living in tinier, like living in tiny homes. I think I there's know. a lot of our generation that are realizing, wait a minute. So we don't need a huge house because then all we're going to need is more stuff to fill it up right. with. And then when we move again, we're going to have to have, you know, a even bigger house. And yeah. then we got to pay for AC for the whole thing. And <laughs> right. this doesn't sound good. You know, we don't need four living rooms. That sounds right. crazy. Kind Although, of the McMansion <laughs> idea. I think I would need two tiny houses, though, because I don't know that I could live without <laughs> a tiny house without knowing I could have space to myself every day. I know yeah. that about myself. That's My for only sure. requirement is that we can do standing acrobatics in the house <laughs> and then I have a, a big place to do yoga. So it has to have enough open space, right. you know, for my practice and for our practice. But um, other so than it's that, a, a tall, I'm tiny pretty happy house. with it. Yeah, yeah, probably like a loft, like a yeah. loft. And then, yeah, we'll see. I mean, that's still probably a couple of years yeah. away. But um, 
It's good to but know yeah. where you're going, though. That's good to know. Yeah, definitely. Keep your eye on, you know, something. Definitely have, you know, some goals, but um, but so, allow yourself to just, just you know, not be so driven, you know, right. that you, you you don't have any time for spontaneity. And um, Yeah, right. and, and to enjoy life. <laughs> to enjoy yeah. life right now and not, right. you know, in two years when we have the tiny house. I'll enjoy life until we... Until we get the tiny house. <laughs> so I think we have time for one more question. And so I think okay. one that fits nicely in this um, grouping that we're doing is how to live life as an individual and not in a partnership and still feel whole. So that was the question. Um. So I never really wanted, I wasn't a boyfriend kind of girl. Like I didn't like to have boyfriends when I was young. My sister always had boyfriends. I never had boyfriends. Um, until I was really like in my twenties and, and then I've only really had like two serious relationships, two, maybe two and a half serious relationships. Wow. So that's um, incredible. I wouldn't have guessed that. I mean, I kind of yeah, would because so you're so I independent. I spent a lot of time alone. Yeah. I, I prefer to be alone. Um, and really the only reason I was in, you know, I, I had an ex fiance that I got engaged to. And really the only reason I was in with him was because we were, we were so in love and he was such a great guy, but otherwise I would have just been probably by myself. Um, cause I've always just preferred to be alone. I find, um, that it can be really hard to be in a partnership and continue the rate of growth that mm -hmm. I prefer. Mm -hmm. So I think that's much harder task for me personally to battle than it is, um, to be concerned when I was about, when I, before I met Pablo, I was alone for about four years. I think about four years. I, I'd have to do the math on that, but, wow. um, I spent a good amount of time alone and, and I found acro yoga. And once I found acro yoga, I was like, man, I need a partner for this. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was probably my biggest, um, wow. you know, my biggest uh, inclination to get one. So, uh, so that's kind of what happened there. But, um, I think spending <laughs> time and wanting to spend time alone is really, really important. I know that right. of course we will all get lonely. We all get lonely at some point, but, um, forcing yourself to kind of, you know, make friends or, you know, say hi to strangers mm -hmm. can be that kind of, um, human contact that we need for the day. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then you can kind of happily, and you're proud of yourself because right. you're like, you know what? I just got out and I did all these things and I did them all by myself. And that's something to be proud of. Right. I, I'm, I'm happy I did that all by myself. It felt good. I felt confident in myself. And, um, it's a practice like anything else, you know, walking alone, walking, you know, walking by yourself, eating by yourself. They're all practices right. by yourself, smiling at people, you know, as you're walking, as uh -huh. you're eating in the cafe alone, you know, saying hello to random strangers. Um, I think those are all really good things to do. They, mm -hmm. they make us feel good and they make us feel confident in who we are. Mm -hmm. I tell you, um, when I, when I built the Ikea furniture that I ordered a couple summers ago, uh, <laughs> I felt like I was on top of the world. Or when I yep. just, like, I solved these house problems all on my own, I'm like, I totally can do this. This yeah. is okay. Um, and then, but I do get lonely because I spend a lot yeah. of time at home because I work um, from home for my job yeah. and I uh -huh. podcast from home and I, I do, I'm at home a lot. So I do get, there's times like when I, when I do pause and like slow down for a minute, I'm like, oh, it'd be so nice to like, 
have someone right now, just for right. like the next two hours and then I'll get back to my things, which isn't fair. Um, right. So what exactly. I'm, what I'm trying to do is just even get out amongst people more. Like you're saying, yes. like, like go to the farmer's market, even if I'm alone, because I'll chit chat right. with the people. Um, and especially when you're exuding, you know, a nice positive energy, you're right. out, you know, you're out. So you have a lot more there's a lot more of a chance you're going to meet that person that you want to spend maybe two hours a day with. Right. You know, they aren't going to show up in my office. I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So just kind of making yourself get out there and, and, and people are attracted to people who are smiling and right. happy and, right. and energetic and outside. So you're going to meet people <laughs> that and, way for sure. <laughs> and when we're alone, I think it's really easy to um, look at the other side of the lawn and say, what, why is the grass so green right. over there? Right. <laughs> it would be so great to have someone like you 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 say smartly for two hours a day but we have right. to remember all of the things that go along with the relationships right. that you know we're not thinking about <laughs> well and it's work we, it's work too exactly i just exactly. don't have that much energy to give to a relationship right now it's I, a if whole I, nother practice <laughs> right if i did if i were if i wanted to be in one if i chose that and I don't know where I would find the time to like, because mm-hmm. I want to do it right. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. So, so that, absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's there, well, you know that, right? After being on your own and then being with Pablo, it takes work. And we're yeah, going to talk absolutely. about that in a future episode because we've got, we've got like five, six more questions that are um, wow sitting here waiting for us to um, riff on a little bit. I love this kind of talk, you know, just yeah. what I like about, um, well, first of all, I love sharing your insight because I admire what you do and the life you're leading. But also, I kind of like that we come at it from two different perspectives. You know, yeah, you're, I you're do. where you are in life. I'm, you know, was married for over two decades and kind of restarting. So it's a different perspective. And totally, uh, we all we have a collective of wisdom between us, I think. Exactly. Yeah. I love that, too. Yeah. So what we'll do then is, uh, listeners, we're looking at how we're going to move forward with the rest of these questions, but we'll, we'll I'm sure, do one more episode on these and then maybe some other fun things we're talking about uh, do, that we'll, we'll kind of hold that as a secret, not a secret, but a surprise for next time. <laughs> we'll talk more about it. But we have some ideas of how to really um, bring this into a deeper conversation with even more people. So there's a teaser, right? All right. Well, until next time, listeners, um, and Hannah and I will be back and talk about a few more things. We'll talk to you next time. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was a really good time, kind of hanging out with Hannah and talking about these questions that came from real people on her list of followers. Um, One of the things that I love about these kind of conversations is it really defines and supports the premise of my show, which is I'm trying to teach people and show people that we are all ultimately the same and similar. We have like definite similarities and definitely differences. And it's great to recognize those similarities and also great to celebrate the differences. And I think we were able to do that through our perspectives on answering the questions from her followers. And we're gonna do more of this as we alluded to at the end, but I'm gonna keep it a secret, so shh. For now, thanks for listening everyone and watch for Hannah up ahead again very soon. Have a great week. So, are you following your passion, inspiring people, and willing to share your story? Then find me, because that's what I do. And remember, keep up with all the news by visiting glisteningparticles.com and signing up for the newsletter where you'll get the inside scoop on where I'll be wandering next. 
some guest updates, and the latest random acquaintance story. For up-to-the-moment shenanigans, follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you see me post from down the road at your local diner, be sure to drop everything and come say hi, because I love to meet the listeners. Until next time, keep shining. Keep shining.